I'm M. Sauter, better known as Pints and Panels. And I'm Don Tess, better known as the Dawn of Beer. Welcome to the ninth episode of the All About Beer podcast. Every two weeks, we talk with leading experts and take a deep dive into one topic in beer. Visit allaboutbeer.com and follow us on social media at allaboutbeer. And visit patreon.com slash allaboutbeer to support this show and others like it. This week on the show, we're going to be talking about Kolsch, one of my favorite styles. Our yeah, guests are mine too. Oh, I love it. Our Sorry, guests are I interrupted you. Oh, yeah, that's no, fine. It's fine. You just got so excited. I just got so excited. Kolsch. Yes. <laughs> I think if anyone's going to talk about Kolsch, it's going to be you and me because yes. I love Kolsch so much. And you um, love Kolsch so much. I do, and 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 I I I, I know I'm going to sound like a total nerd for this, but what I love what, about Kolsch, you a nerd? Come on now. Is, it, you know, you and I, we both know a lot about beer, and what I love about Kolsch is it it's that it's magic because it's one of these things where, when it's well done, you you can't explain what makes great Kolsch. No, great. you can't. It's it's magic, and that is beer at its best. Is it's magical. It's so so good. Have you have uh have you been to Cologne? Because I just came back from Cologne. Yes, um, and, I have been uh, three times. Yeah, yeah uh, you. I've only been twice. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, yeah, uh, I, I I can't even say how much I love it. It's so good. Um, favorite Kolsch house, really quick before we talk about our guests. Um, for sentimental reasons, I like Peters. Uh, and I think Beautiful. it's yeah, it's Beautiful. pretty hard to get outside of Cologne. I think. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I have been three times, like I say, and um, every time we go uh, just at the next table or sometimes at our table, because very often you share a table, we meet somebody really cool and friendly. The people the, the people of Cologne are truly wonderful. and They and, really are. It's yeah. a very friendly city, very approachable, small, but intimate. It's very, very nice. Yeah. So we, Peter's is always our first stop and okay. we will go two or three times because we love oh. it. So I don't know if I have a favorite, but I did get to go to Gildan, uh, which was oh, yes. a recommendation from uh, Monique, who works at the Craft Beer Corner. And I had never been, and I was with uh, our pal Jay Brooks, who had also never been. And that was her favorite Kolsch house. And it was rowdy, raucous. It was busy. It was a Saturday night, so it was a lot going on. Uh, but it was fun. And the, it was just the, the the beer was really dry and oh. not, not too bitter. It was very real. I just remember it being really it went down so easy and the food was really good. It was just it was a really nice vibe. Uh, yeah. It was it was great. I mean, every Kolsch is slightly different. There's you yep. know, they all are great. And every Kolsch house is slightly different too. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. I really enjoy, I don't know if I have a favorite, but I really enjoyed that stop um, when I was in Cologne last. So it was great. I loved it. Yeah. I love it. I want to go back. I always want to go to Germany. Me too. <laughs> so we'll introduce our guests and get into a conversation. But first, we're going to take a moment to hear from our sponsors of the show. And if you would like to help support the All About Beer podcast, reach out to podcast at allaboutbeer.com. Hi, this is John Hall, the editor of All About Beer, inviting you to check out the Drink Beer, Think Beer podcast. It's available on all of the major platforms, and the weekly show features long-form conversations with brewers, growers, and personalities from the beer industry. New episodes release every Wednesday. Just search Drink Beer, Think Beer. Jeremy Altier has been brewing at professional brew pubs for almost 15 years. He loves brewing and talking about and drinking true-to-style traditional beers. He is currently the brewer at Royal Oak Brew Pub in Royal Oak, Michigan, which is just outside of Detroit. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. 
So we're here to talk about your award-winning Kolsch, which won gold at the Great American Beer Festival this year. Uh, how are you feeling about that? Pretty excited and a little shocked still. <laughs> why, why, why would you be shocked? Um, I, I've heard that you've been brewing for a while. This The Royal has been brewing this beer for a while. Why, what, what's, what's the shock of winning uh, a medal? What's that like? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously it's exciting. It's obviously, um, you know, great that we were, you know, recognized for brewing a beer that we've, that, that's been brewed there for now 30 years. Um, you know, we've always kept it clean. We've always kept it consistent. We've always celebrated Kolsch at the Royal Oak Brewery. So it's always been one of our top sellers because it's, you know, it's what we drink. It's what we enjoy. Um, and it, it's been sent in now for, you know, we, the brewer before me, Tim Saluski, um, he's been sending it in forever. I've been sending it in now. I've been there for seven. I've been at the Royal Oak Brewery for seven years now. Um, we've sent it in every, every year and it's always done well. It's always made it, you know, to the last round typically. Um, and it's just awesome that it finally won, you know, a, a gold. Yeah, that's such a great, it's a nice feeling to like, you pat on the back and be like, yeah, you're the, you're the best Kolsch. Um, yes, yes. I, 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 yeah. Too. And it's a, not an easy beer to brew. I guess my question is, so you've been entering it for so long. Did you do anything different this year? It wasn't this year, but I mean, since I've, you know, every brewer puts their own little spin on everything, you know, and, sure, and a smart course. brewer and a, and a smart brewer doesn't completely change it. They tweak it over the years because um, you don't want like, you know, in a brew pub where everybody comes in all the time to get the same tasting beer, you want it to be clean and consistent. Right. Um, I've, you know, when I started there, there was a, a bag of Vienna in the beer um i took that out uh since when i started it's not uncommon for the bag of vienna to be in there but i've taken it out i've been mashing in a little lower than they used to um you know it's just other than that it hasn't much you know i've taken the hops back a little bit but since i took the bag of vienna out like you don't want the hops to be as absurd as you want it to be a little delicate still and with that bag of vienna out of there it takes a little bit less body out of it you know a little less flavor malt flavor i should say um i, I know don has a geeky question to ask you I'm, <laughs> no. i just no 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 i know I, you do don't hold back don't hold back don don't hold I, back i just wanted to i guess because you talk about taking out the vienna and you know dialing back the hops a bit what is the basic recipe then because i guess to me kolsch i think is a fairly simple beer recipe formulation wise and so i always wonder for a style like this how do you make the magic happen to make a gold medal beer when, you know, everybody's using pale malt and everybody's using German hops and like, what do you do that, that makes yours amazing? Well, I mean, I, I know I get to ask this a lot, um, but I, my first answer is always, I just do what I'm supposed to do. Um, I, I, you know, like it's, it's, I mean, obviously like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a light, delicate beer. So everything has to be clean. Um, you know, you have to make sure you're cleaning everything the right way. You got to make sure you're mashing in at the right temperature. Um, you want you want the beer to be delicate. It's, it's, it's a Kolsch. Like you want all that flavor. You want all that nuance. Um, but it can't, none of it can be assertive. Um, you want the hop flavor. So you, but you want to pay attention to water. So you want the, the water to be soft enough to where those hops don't, I keep using the word assertive, but I, so it's, so the hops aren't assertive. You want it just right. to, everything to kind of be balanced in there. 
Um, you obviously have to have an understanding of the yeast. You know, I mean, I use everything I do is it's German malt, German hops, and and cold yeast. Um, you know, I I ferment mine a little bit lower than my understanding what most Cologne breweries ferment at. Um, but I do that because that's what my customers like. And that's what I, you know, it, it makes, I ferment it a little lower because it makes it a little bit crisper. It makes it a little bit cleaner, uh, makes it a little bit easier to drink. Um, where I, my understanding is a lot of Cologne brewer, like actual true Cologne brewers ferment higher, um, to get more of that, uh, uh, fruitiness from the yeast. Uh, more it, esters. Yeah. 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 More esters. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I didn't know how technical I should get. <laughs> no, you can get as technical as you want. This is a you're a, a this is a beer podcast for for nerds and customers and all sorts. So <laughs> you you want right. to be as nerdy as you'd like. Go have at it. Okay. Well, because my <laughs> next question has to do with fermenter geometry. I was going to say you're talking to Don again. <laughs> um. Uh. I was wondering if you do anything like what you explained there was awesome, and I think. I think one of the beauties of Kolsch is its simplicity, but do you do anything like, like, uh, specially import whole leaf hops or do you have an open fermenter or a square fermenter or anything weird that, uh, that you do to make no, Kolsch so amazing? It's no, just, no, not at all. I mean, it's, it, it's just, it's good everything practices. you're supposed to have. Yeah. It's every good practices and everything you're supposed to have in a brewery and everything you're supposed to do. Okay. Awesome. I like it. I like it. Um, I, I'm trying to think of, I've got, so wait, I have, a, um, what, so you're a small brewery cause you're a brew pub. What yes, is the, yeah. what is your, so fermentation size, what is your capacity? So wait, uh, like how much culture are you making at a clip? Um, well we have, I, I have, uh, uh, essentially a 14 barrel system. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, obviously we've been selling a ton more since then. So I'm making it constantly, Interesting. Um, but it's, it's always been. And, and like I said, it's yeah. always been something we've pushed. It's always something like mm-hmm. a Kolsch is, is something we've always celebrated. So it's, it's always like, there's always a batch on a batch in the fermenter and the stuff to make a batch, you know, ready to go. Uh, we sell, you know, obviously, like I said, a decent amount. I, I mentioned a little bit before we started recording, um, we do what's called a, a Kolsching hour. Um, it started about 10 years ago with the Tim, who was the brewer before me, now the GM, he, um, he started the Kolsching hour where we serve Kolsch the traditional way and Stangens and, and Kranz. Um, we, we'd make the check marks on all the coasters. Uh, so, I mean, you know, those, those weekends, you know, that day we, we, we move a lot of Kolsch at that point. Um, and we've been, we, it's fun because we have been, especially in the brewer world, but in, in, in you know, the beer beer nerd world all that stuff um we've become known for the place to get a colch oh i um, love that i i did want to ask then um it, it sounds like you're turning over a lot of colch so are you able to uh propagate the yeast and therefore do you think your yeast is maybe adapted to your your brewery and that's why like, maybe that's some of your magic or or are you doing well i mean things? yeah i you know i i don't have a laboratory um you know we're just a small brew pub uh, I, you know, you know, I buy yeast just like everybody else does from, you know, like why yeast, uh, I, you know, I tend to do up to, uh, 10 generations. Um, but with me, it's all, it's all tastes. It's all smell. Um, if I, if I get a batch that you can tell something's going wrong in, 
or maybe, maybe might be going wrong and you don't, you, you don't use that yeast again. You get new yeast in, um, you know, we're just uh, you know, like I said, just, a, it's a small brew pub restaurant. Is culture bestseller or what is your. Typically. You... Yes. Typically. Oh, okay. Yes. Especially lately. And like I said, we've been, we've been pushing it. This is what, you know, this is what I drink. It's what most of my friends drink that come in all the brewer friends, all normal friends, whatever, you know, they all, we all I drink. Norm- I love normal, friends. the normal people, the, the civilians. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you're probably the only brewery in the world outside of Cologne that has Kolsch as your number one beer. Yeah, I could, I could, I, most likely. I mean, obviously, you know, we're, we're still a brew pub in America, so IPA always sells great. Um, you know, it's always a fight with Kolsch in a way, uh, but it never seems, especially like in the past, like five to six years, it never seems to beat Kolsch anymore. When I first started there, that was like IPA was a little bit up there, but it's always like, it's always kind of fought, you know, like one, one, one week coal sells more the next week IPA sells more. Um, but lately the trend has been for the past four or five years that it's, it's been Kolsch and, it, and that might only be like a, you know, a keg a week kind of thing, but it's still, you know, it's, it's pretty still, awesome. Hey, I that's, think about Kolsch is that I, I love because it's it 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 hit, takes that boxes for new drinkers. It's light. It's refreshing. Great food, food drink. Um, it's great in all seasons. It's just a really nice style and a very approachable style as well. So the fact that you're brewing that correctly, it's selling super well, and then you win a gold medal. I mean, it just speaks volumes to the quality of what you guys are doing over there, and that's really exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, it's 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 like I said, it's it's fun. Um, it's a hard style to brew. It's a hard style to win for. Um, you know, it's, it's been, uh, it's been exciting. I did. Ju- I judged at JBF. I judged a Kolsch round and oh. there was, yeah, I did first round Kolsch's. And I mean, obviously I don't know what I'm drinking. And there was one when you, I, I think I've said this before, you know, Kolsch when you have it, when you oh, drink yeah. it, you taste it, you yeah. know, there's something you can't describe. People are like, Oh, it's a Kolsch. And you're like, uh, just drink it. <laughs> And there was one that was like, this is a Kolsch. And yeah, so that's, that it. yeah, that's it. You know, and it's one of the only styles I think of when I, like, you know it when you have it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kolsch yeah, is it. For it's sure. Just, yeah, especially when it's brewed right. You know, there's a, there's a trend right now. And and, and, and to me, there, you know, there's nothing wrong with this, but there's a trend right now to dry hop it and use sure. fruity hops and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, at that point, you're not making a Kolsch anymore. Mm-hmm. Um you, you, I mean, you, I, I personally, I don't like it when they call those Kolsch's, you know, you got to sell beer. So I get it. Um, but like, I, to me, you should just be calling that a Blondale. Like it's just an American Blondale at that point. Um, it's not a Kolsch anymore. You know, you, you want to use no, German noble hops. You want to use German malt. You want to, you know, want that fruity, little bit of fruity characteristic from the yeast. Um, it's it just, you know, it, I don't know. I mean, I, I, obviously it's, it's, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> it kind of, kind of lost my tra- my train of thought, but it, I mean, and it's fine. You know, obviously, you know, craft brewery has been built on innovation you know, you want to, you want to change things, but like, you know, we're a very, very true to style, very traditional sure. brew pub and have been for a long time. I know what's going on around me. I've made the new England IPAs. I've made all that stuff. Um, but when I brew a Kolsch, I want it to taste like a Kolsch. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to, I'm not going to dry hop it with Citra. 
I see. Yeah, <laughs> I see you. what you're saying. Thank you for not doing that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I would drink. You're very that. welcome. Yeah. But well, no, it's, and then there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Sure. You know, like yeah. sometimes I say this to other brewers or other people and they get very offended, almost offended by it. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's probably yeah, a good Rondale, but it's not a Kolsch anymore. You right. want, you're going by styles and yeah, traditional yeah. and that's totally fine. I guess my next question is people always say that Kolsch's are hard to brew. Um, but there's only some ingredients. Why do you think they're difficult to make? It's all cleanliness. It's all you. You have to make sure everything's clean. Um, you have to watch the 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 pH. You have to watch all that. Um, you know, it, it's that, that you know the old thing where if, if you go to a brew pub or a brewery and you get the lightest beer, and if that has off flavors in it, you know their brewing practices are wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, or there's something you know there's something going on there. Um, where Kolsch is, it's light, you know, soft, delicate easy to drink if if my brewing practices were you, you know something wrong in there anywhere like you can taste it in that beer yeah it's nowhere nowhere to hide with kolsch yeah, yeah Unforg- exactly unforgiving yeah. Very, Unforgiving. i was gonna say yeah. it's almost like a, it's like a naked beer you know you can't yeah. like yeah <laughs> i don't know why no like, no no exactly. i thought about that for some reason i was like it's like it's naked like it's you really don't <laughs> have anywhere to like it's all out there yeah, you know, this yeah. is a good representation of your brewing. I yeah, I love that. Where this is this is how we can do it. And if you can brew a good Kolsch, then who's to say that you know your your brewing style is probably quite good. So yeah, yeah, I, I'd like to think so. Um, you know, I have a friend who's always said that like the light beer at a brew pub or a brewery or anywhere is like wearing no pants. You have no, nothing. Yeah, no to hide. pants is probably better than naked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have nothing. I don't to know hide. about that. <laughs> uh, you, you can't hide anything at that point, right? Like it's the same idea. Mm-hmm. Would, would you so we have so f- nothing to hide at the royal brewery no. <laughs> um would you go so far as to say that you put extra effort into like i mean a lot of brewing uh, and I'm, I'm not trying to insinuate that you don't care about your other beers but like it when it's when it's kolsch brew day do you put your game day hat on and go okay it's kolsch brew day that means i gotta be on my game no no not re- i mean i do that with every beer if, if yeah. i do that with a kolsch that means i do it with every beer Right. Okay. Um, I like that. Because if, if, if it just goes back to like, that's just how, you know, I'm not going to hide any, obviously it's easier to make an IPA because you're adding all the hops to it. Um, but I'm still doing the exact same thing with that, the IPA that I am with the Kolsch, you know, I'm, I'm paying attention to my cleaning. I'm paying attention to when I'm adding the hops, I'm paying attention to when I'm adding the yeast and when it's yeast done all that. Um, yeah, it's, I pay attention, pay attention to everything. Yeah. You have to. Um, you mentioned that over the last few years, you've been tweaking it a little bit. And, and, uh, now that you've won GABF gold is the temptation to say, okay, I've got it. I'm perfect. I can't change this anymore. Or now do you feel I've, I've, I'm validated. So the next thing I'm going to do is make it even better. Yeah. We're going to barrel age it now. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> No, uh, uh, no, I mean, I, I, I'm, I mean, really, I haven't tweaked it that much in the past. Uh, I, I would say almost year. It's pretty much been the same beer since, you know, for the past like year. And, and there's no real reason to tweak it that much. Right. Um, you know, the only tweaking that sometimes happen uh, is, you know, you go, you, when you're brewing it, you're like, oh shit, I don't have a, that extra ounce of, of size hops I was going to throw in there. So there's a little bit less hops in it. You know, I'm, 
I, I'm a small brew pub, so I don't always have everything I need, you know, whenever I need it. Um, but that's about, the, about it. That, that's about it. You know, like I, I'm probably never going to tweak it, but you, you never know what's going to happen too. Like, you know, with hops and, and sometimes and even malt, like you, yeah. you, I might not be able to get the hop I use all the time in it. Um, and it's happened in the past, you know, where there's been, you know, I've used one hop for about a year. Uh, and then, then you know, all of a sudden for a few months, you just can't get them anymore. You know, you try to keep up on the contracts and, and all that stuff, yeah. but it, it happens. Is, is that a frustration or is that an opportunity to flex your, your skill? I never get too frustrated with it because I mean, I, I don't like saying it this way, but the general population has no idea. Even when you switch the hops, you get like four or five people. I have, who I have like, no idea who, when that happens. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, so right, there's, yeah, and there's a yeah. lot of really great, you know, you can swap sods for all, all manner of hops and 90 five percent of people probably won't be able to maybe less i don't know or more but yeah Yeah, no yeah yeah. so you know it's it's good that like hops exist that way because then you can you can play and see if something works better so it can use a cheap advantage or you know there's a lot of opportunity to be able to tweak without really changing that much in my yeah 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 Yeah, exactly and it, it happens with malt sometimes too i mean during the shutdown and everything like that like just after that there's been times where I couldn't get the, the malt that I always used in the beer. Um, and I had to get something else or I had to use something else. And it, at first you're kind of, you get worried that everybody's going to be like, what did you do with the beer? It's completely different. And then you put it on typically, as long as you tell nobody that it happened, nobody ever knows. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and granted, like I said, I'm a small brew pub, so I'm not selling everything in house. Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of different when everything's out there and, all around the place like you know a, a batch you know is in and out so quick that by the next time somebody comes in they're going to be drinking a new batch anyways do you can or bottle your kolsch um, uh no yes. we don't we do oh. growlers um we're growlers, a brew okay. pub uh a brew pub in um i don't know where you guys are, are based out of but a brew pub in michigan isn't allowed to distribute oh, oh. i didn't know um, oh i didn't know that yeah, there's some of them might be kind of archaic laws, but yeah, as, as a brew pub license, um, we're not allowed to distribute, but we're allowed to have other people's wine, liquor, beer, um, stuff like that. Uh, we're a microbrewery. They're allowed to distribute, but they're not allowed to have anybody else's, you know, liquor, beer, wine, cider, anything like that. Okay. So if I came in and I wanted a growler to go and drink your Kolsch, at home or bring it somewhere that that i can do though right yes yeah yeah okay. for sure okay. for sure and we do we've got the you know the the can steamer you know oh, the, okay. where you do the one can at a time like you do the growler uh not the best method but it works i mean especially nice. if you're just gonna so, go home and have a couple cultures so i'll be sending you my address so i can get okay <laughs> i can do that i'm fine no, with no. that um, I'm, I'm joking i'm joking i will come and visit are you and sure i'll drink it there all right um, it's better. It's better at the brewery. I'm sure. I want to try. I want to oh, try it fresh from the fresh from yes. the tap. So. Oh, for That's sure. The whole point sure. of Kolsch. Yes. Yeah. yeah exactly. That is true. Exactly. There is something um, really nice about Kolsch at the source. I think you it's have one to go the... during Kolsching hour, actually. Oh yeah. yeah. We all right. Let us know when your next <laughs> Kolsching hour is. And... We'll start that, and then we usually do that in the warmer months. So we do yeah. it on the patio. I was. Yeah. Um, it's usually almost it's well not usually but it's almost always the second Saturday of every month in the warmer months. Okay. So uh, for those who aren't familiar with Detroit, uh, can you just explain? Okay, if I'm visiting Detroit for a Wings game or whatever, 
how do I get to your brewery? We're, we're just, we're honestly only about 15 minutes north of um, uh, Detroit. Oh, okay. Uh, it's just awesome. a small suburb, just, just north of Detroit. So that's easy. Yeah. Very easy yeah, to visit. Sure. Don, if you go to Can- wherever you go, when you're in Canada, you go somewhere in Ontario, you can drive over. Just, and visit. Try, just over uh-huh. from Windsor. Yeah. yeah. Actually that's, yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's super close too. Yeah. So there you go. Um, can I ask a non-coast question? Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I know that you also either regularly make or at least have on occasion made an alt beer. Yep. Um, which is the Dusseldorf um, rivalry beer, I guess, yep, to yep. Uh, Cologne Skolsch. Um, Do you use the same yeast? Uh, like what, how do you approach that beer differently? Um, it is, it is the same yeast. And that is, we, we won a, a, a medal for that. Uh, was it 2019? I won a bronze um, for the alt beer. Uh, I do use the same yeast. Um, I ferment that one a little bit higher than I do the Kolsch. Uh, with Kolsch, I usually ferment, you know, like I said, and like I said, I ferment it lower than I know every Cologne brewery does, but um, I ferment it like about 58 degrees typically with Kolsch, um, between 58 and 62, depending on how fast they need it. Uh, and we're uh, uh, alt beer, I usually ferment more around 68. Okay, okay, so normal ale. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get a little more fruitiness from it. Um, right. I like that. With, yeah. yeah. How's your hopping rate with alt beer? I like a firm. Uh, I like a firm bitterness to my alt it, beer. That's exactly what I was just about to say. Like it's it's definitely a firm bitterness. Bitterness. Um, I think that's where that's another one that, and I don't I, I don't want to sound like I'm talking shit, but a lot of a lot of U.S. breweries tend to like really make their alt beers on the sweet side. Mm-hmm. Where true Dusseldorf alt beers are firm, like they have yeah, want, a hop yeah. bitterness to yeah. it. Um, it's not you know, a brown ale, folks. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> yeah, not exactly. an amber ale, everybody. It's exactly. A... Yeah, uh, I completely agree. Um, so yeah, you want that in there. Nice. It's it's a uh, yeah. Are, are it's, I mean, using, it's another drinking beer. Are you using German malts in the alt beer oh, yeah. as well? Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. We, we're you know, like I said, we're very true to style traditional brewery it's one of the reasons why i went there because I, I i love i love beer i love the, the history of beer i love drinking beer um i love traditional true to style beer uh where when i make like the alt beer or german beer i use german malts german hops german yeast um when i brew an english beer i use english malt english hops english yeast like i want i i try to really focus on making my beer tastes like it would if you were sitting in Germany or if you were sitting in England. Um, or an obviously, if you know, an American beer tastes like an American beer. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Um, and it's for little, those. Little, yeah, a little travel, you know, in, mm-hmm. the, in the pub seat, you know, you get to go places when you try those beers. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. I, I just want to say for the listeners who may have not read the show notes, first of all, shame on you for not reading the show notes but jeremy's <laughs> last name is is spelled a-l-t-i-e-r so it is uh um awesome that he brews an alt beer he's just one letter <laughs> off of the, <laughs> well the, off the of name of the names. the name of the alt beer is jeremy alt beer yeah i love it <laughs> <laughs> i love it and that's what it, it was great when it you know when it went in a war because it said jeremy alt beer in huge letters up on the gabf thing and you're like that's me and the yeah beer. yeah 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 exactly that's awesome awesome yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? 
or plug your uh, when you're open or when how people can get in touch with you or the brewery, social media, anything like that? Oh, we're, yeah, we're obviously on Instagram, Facebook. Um, I don't know if we're on TikTok. I don't think we are. Um, all this <laughs> stuff on Twitter. So I, don't, yeah. I don't even understand it. Um, so my bad. daughter likes it. I don't even know what's going on. Um, but yeah, we're obviously on all that, you know, social media stuff. Um, we are open Tuesday through Sunday, uh, normal, you know, restaurant, uh, brewery hours. Uh, you know, we try to do quite a few events. Um, like we said, like I said before, we do coaching hour where we serve coach the traditional way they do in Cologne. Uh, in the winter months, we do what we call frost and foam, uh, where we hang out on the patio and I typically tap like higher alcohol beers, um and we drink them on the patio outside in the middle of winter uh that's usually the first i don't know we haven't completely decided but usually that's the first or either second saturday of every month for frost and foam i like this drinking outside and all manner of weather kind of thing that you do you're it's very it sounds very important to your brewery's culture and i really enjoy it is it is yeah we've tried to build all that stuff um you know like colching hour started off with with two tables you know, outside and it's grown to like every table on our back patio is filled and, um, uh, standing room only sometimes, you know, and I'm there slinging Kolsch too. Like I'm not, you know, sitting back and I mean, I mean, I still enjoy and drink Kolsch while I do it. Sure. Um, just like most, uh, uh, I believe they're, I want to say they're called Kobe's Kobe's. Yep. I don't know if yep. I'm saying it right. Yeah. Okay. Um, like, like they all drink too most of the time. So I'm down in cultures with everybody hanging out with everybody. Um, and where the frost and foam is the same thing. You know, I show up, we hang out, we drink, you know, sometimes we do a, a scotch ale or a doppelbach or English old ale, something like that. And mm. we hang out there and drink too much of it in the middle of winter and during the day on a Saturday. Um, since you are so good at brewing German style beers, I have a request or a challenge for you. Okay. For frost and foam. Ice box. I, I you know <laughs> unless they have a distilling license unless michigan's oh. different in america you can't brew a ice bar without a distilling yeah no because it's illegal oh. it's yeah you got to yeah. be careful with that and then there's mm-hmm. also a, a brewery when friends of mine not too far from me uh kunin's Mm-hmm. Um, yep. they brew an Eisbach that is amazing as always. That, that's uh, some really good stuff. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, I don't want to, you know, I, I would love to, and I've thought about it, but like she just said, it's kind of hard for, I, I don't really even have the ability to do that the right way. Um, and I try not to, if I, if I don't have the ability to do it, I'm not going to try to even fake it. Right. Okay. Love it. Well, grow a nice, that. strong Doppelbach. And yeah. Well, that's what I do. Yep. I, I do that one almost every year too. Oh, wonderful. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking about uh, your award-winning Kolsch. It sounds like what a wonderful Kolsch haven that you, that you work at and that the town, the brew pub has created. It's sounds, it sounds like a little slice of American style Cologne. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we get a lot of people from Cologne. Germany in too. I don't know how they find out about it, but somebody finds out about it. Oh, wow. They bring all their friends in. So. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank well, you, thank Jeremy. You. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much thank for you. being on the program. Yeah, thank you for having me. Cheers. 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 Hi, this is John Hall, the editor of All About Beer, inviting you to check out the Drink Beer, Think Beer podcast. It's available on all of the major platforms, and the weekly show features long-form conversations with brewers, growers, and personalities from the beer industry. New episodes release every Wednesday. Just search Drink Beer, Think Beer.
JP Fafflin is the marketing and creative manager at Dovetail Brewery. As one of one of four brewers on staff, she spent time at the Cicerone certification program where she was the exam manager, and she's also an advanced Cicerone. She's interested in traditions in brewing and beer service, which is where her work really background really uh, dovetails with her enthusiasm for the industry. Welcome to the show, JP. Hey, thanks for having me. So um, I want to talk about Kolsch Night at Dovetail, but first, can you start talking about what your role is at Dovetail and uh, a little bit about the brewery? Sure. Uh, my name is JP. I am the marketing and creative manager at Dovetail Brewery in Chicago um, on the north side of the city. Uh, I'm also one of four brewers here at the brewery. Um, and Dovetail, uh, quite simply, uh, we've been around for six and a half years, um, opened in 2016, um, focusing in continental European styles. Um, so, uh, we also focus on traditional methods. If you were to come to our brewery, you might see things that you don't see in a lot of American breweries. Uh, so we like to say that we brew like monks minus the vows. <laughs> nice. So the reason that you're on is because you do a Kolsch night mm-hmm. and that is very exciting to me as someone who just came back from their second trip to Cologne. Um, I love all things Kolsch. And so can you talk a little bit about, you know, how the Kolsch night at Dovetail started? Like who was like, hey, let's do, you know, all these pours and get the glassware and the crants and all that stuff. How did that start? Sure. I think that was, you know, part of the original, uh, uh, the original point of view of the, of the brewery. Um, as I mentioned before, has always been um, continental European styles um, and traditional methods. And in, in that um, uh, world is also a big part of it has to do with traditional service. So right out of the gate, you know, um, things that were, uh, that were important um, to dovetail was that the service aspect um, meant just as much as the beer that was being poured. Um, I like to say that there is a really good um, Czech proverb, Czech beer proverb that goes something like, um, it's the brewer that makes the beer, but it's the bartender that completes it. And that's very much part of the philosophy of of Dovetail when you come to our tap room. So naturally, coal service, um, being part of a, of a beer tradition, um, a central European, or not central, uh, a continental European uh, beer tradition uh, was something that um, kind of fell uh, naturally to us. And um, I'm not sure who was the first person that said, yeah, we should have Kolsch service, but I'm pretty sure the second that Kolsch was put on the, the production calendar, um, Kolsch service was, was immediately um, part of the part of the plan at some point. Um, we definitely wanted to make sure that we were serving it in sanghas, which is uh, these you know these circular. Uh, of course, they're circular. The glasses. Um, they're like rod shaped uh, glasses. Uh, I think sangha means rod in German, um, and that's just the the way that they're it's served in Cologne. Um, usually, two hundred milliliters, and you keep on getting served until you say stop, which is um, a, pretty much 
whole service in a nutshell. Um, there are members at Dovetail who um, used to work for an importer called uh, Artisanal Imports, and they were very influential. Um, they brought in a lot of brands that, um, you know, uh, from Belgium and, and Germany um, that went on to influence a lot of American brewers. Uh, one of those brands was Zuner, uh, Zuner being one of the uh, Kolsch breweries. And for me, the first time that I ever uh, came face to face with what Kolsch service was, uh, was this um, promo event in Chicago about 10 years ago called Hot Zuner Nights. Um, oh. <laughs> and for me, I, I, I've never been to Cologne. It's, uh, you know, I haven't been there yet. I would love to uh, one day. Uh, but it just made that beer um, a little bit more magical in a way. Um, and I think that's ultimately what the experience of Kolsch Night um, at Dovetail is, is bringing a little bit of that tradition um, to Chicago. Um, when you do have the Kolsch Nights at Dovetail, do you only serve the Kolsch, which is you know, kind of part of it in Cologne, but wondering if, if, uh, if I were to walk into Dovetail on Kolsch Night, could I order a Hellas? Or... Uh, nope. Okay, perfect. It's just cold. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So it's, yeah, as traditional as it gets. Did you yeah, advise? I mean, it's still, we're still ultimately, you know, in Chicago. Uh, it, I would never, I never say anything uh, about dovetails authentic uh, because they were not trying to be authentic. Um, I think we, we take our inspiration um, certainly from, from different um, um, brewing traditions. Uh, but what I'd say is like, yeah, if you want like the, the actual traditional authentic experience, you're going to have to go to Cologne and you should. Um, mm -hmm. But we, we, we give ourselves, I think, or we give our, our people that visit our Kolsch night a pretty, a pretty cool experience and a taste of what um, a Kolsch night uh, might be like in Germany. Um, how, like, do you actually have, the proper Kranzes as well and how we far do. do you extend oh awesome that's just amazing yeah so we we do I, and like uh the people serving that night our, our staff um kind of have to do it's a workout for them to carry uh those Kranzes around for for a few hours um and load them up with beer uh yeah. but yeah yep we they they are they uh they definitely flex some muscles on pulse night <laughs> for sure and they, you took the bar mat and everything uh yes we do yeah, perfect awesome yep sorry yeah. <laughs> it's uh no the so the how many how many beers can you fit in the crans for those who don't know the crans is the the tray that has a handle at the top where the beer comes from so when, when you're serving you walk around the guy has a bunch and he'll he or she will bring you beer on the crans which is the tray the kobe yeah. the so survey have, is the yeah. server is called a kobe yes mm-hmm so we have two versions, one that uh, holds 11, um, and 11 is a very significant number um, in uh, Kolsch uh, history, and then uh, one that holds 18 as well. So why, is, 18, a, yeah. why yeah. is 11 a significance in Kolsch? I will have to throw that, I would have to throw that over to a historian, but if you look oh, on their coat of arms, 
there's like, uh, so, so Carnival kicked off at 11.11, uh, November 11th, um, at 11.11. And then if you look at their coat of arms, um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the sequence of 11 shows up in, as, in there as well. Huh. Yeah. That's I don't want to, I don't, I've read about it before and it's gone yeah. and went in one ear and out the other. So I don't want to like misrepresent it, but 11 is an important number. And I, I, I'm not sure if that's why there's 11 uh, spots in the crowns, but um, it seems pretty romantic to think that's why. <laughs> yeah. So if, if I'm at Dovetail at Colchonate and, and the Kobe tries to serve me a Stonge from a 18 holding crowns, I'm going to refuse it. John, when have you ever refused a Kolsch? Oh, that's true. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> do you do the gravity dispense too, or are you pouring off a... No, we're pouring off of okay. a keg. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't know if you had a shtickfoss or like a cask for that, um, for that night specifically, but... No. Okay. Um, and, so, and then... So how... Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to ask if, if Kolsch, if you, if you serve Kolsch kind of in your regular lineup Mm -hmm. as well, or only on Kolsch night. Oh yeah. It's one of our core beers. So we, we, we have what is called our core four. So we have a Hellas, um, a Hefeweizen, a Vienna, and then the Kolsch uh, rounds that out. Okay. Awesome. And how many times have you done this Kolsch night? Cause I've seen it on social media and it looks, it looks quite popular. You, do you get a big crowd? Mm, yeah, it's grown each time. So we, I believe the one we just had a couple weeks ago was our fourth uh, Kolsch night. And it started like, uh, the first one we did was like a few tables um, up on the second floor of our brewery. Um, and then we did it outside um, on the sidewalk. Um, this was like just after... Um, we were, uh, you know, people were able to get um, their, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Vaccinated. Um, huh. And huh. so we decided that was like our first, I mean, we're still in the pandemic. I can't call it post-pandemic. Um, but that was the first time that we had an event um, since we had to shut down um, in 2020. Um but we did it in a thoughtful, I hope, was a thoughtful way. Um, so we did it there on our sidewalk. And then over the summer, we did one in our parking lot. And then the past one, we took even, we took over even more of our parking lot um, and had some heated tents. And uh, yeah, I mean, it exceeded our expectations. Like, do not underestimate a Chicagoan's desire to drink just one beer in 30 degree weather. They, they will show up. <laughs> That's awesome. Love yeah. it. And were you um, doing food pairings as well? Was there, is there food we served? Did, or... Yeah. So we did, we, um, we had, uh, we have a great partner, um, called Beard and Belly. Um, they, uh, started out of, um, a kitchen in a, in one of the great Chicago beer bars called the long room, which is not too far away from us. Um, and they've been friends of ours for a long time. So they, they come and they, they, they love to do pop-up events with us. Um, and they have a sausage guy. So we did do a blood sausage, uh, for Kolsch night. And then they did their, um, version of heaven and earth as well. So they were, they were kind of nods to, 
um, what you would find as traditional um, uh, pairings if you were to go to one of the, the Kolsch uh, breweries in Kolm. Can I make a suggestion for future Kolsch nights? Because I ate it in two, I ate it in Fafin, and I ate it at Gildan, fried camembert. Ooh, that sounds yeah. delicious. And it would, it came <laughs> with a cranberry jam and brown bread and a salad, so you can pretend like you're being healthy. Uh, and it was so <laughs> good with the Kolsch. Um, just if, you know, just a, just a suggestion for next time. I was just really enamored with that, with that uh, food I pairing. Also, just I also, cheese. I love cheese. <laughs> well, on the cheese, I also have a suggestion. A uniquely uh, Koln uh, dish is something they call the half han, which means the half hen. Mm. Uh, and uh, contrary to the name, it is a slice of cheese on a bun. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I've read about that before. Yeah, yes. yeah. And <laughs> they, like to, they, they like to trick the tourists with it because, of course, the tourists, you know, they order a half hen and they get a piece of cheese on a bun so <laughs> and, and, and i'm oversimplifying it of course it is a very you know it's a particular it's very delicious yes yeah, yeah. it's a particular type of cheese on a particular bun but uh i like well, bun, I'm, bun. I, I mean i'm a, you can't i'm a former wisconsinite so i mean you can't trick oh, yeah, cheese go. on a bun so i would be i would be <laughs> delighted to be served cheese on a bun <laughs> um for for those who maybe don't know can you maybe describe kind of how the whole how the whole uh, coast service works and how do you, how, I think a lot of people think it means unlimited drinking and, you know, they imagine sure. drunk people all over the place. So <laughs> how do you control yeah. how much people mm. drink and all that? Mm -hmm. um, that's a great question. Um, so yeah, when you show up to a dovetail Kolsch night, uh, there's definitely people who are experiencing this type of service for the first time. And um, the people that will greet you will give you a rundown of how our night works. So this is how our night works. You you come to Dovetail and we'll hand you a coaster. So this is this is basically your um, document for the night, your receipt for the night. <laughs> you get a coaster, you sit down um, at one of our communal tables um, because we did keep it as uh, communal as possible. We also think that was a, a especially special to the spirit of these types of events. Um, and once you sit down, um, someone will come around, a server comes around with a cron and will set a, uh, a stanga of, uh, Kolsch in front of you. And they'll take a, a marker and they'll mark the, the edge of your beer mat or your coaster, um, starting with hash marks. And that kind of keeps track of, uh, how much beer, um, you're drinking throughout the night. Uh, when you're ready to, uh, stop drinking and, for the most part, people, um, it's self-regulatory, right? Most people know their limits. And I would say like, out of the four times that we've done this, we've never seen or had anyone get um, out of control <laughs> with their drinking. And we do say like, you know, there is this thing where if you do get hash marks around the entire um, bar mat, it's called completing a hedgehog. Uh, we do say if you want to try for a hedgehog that you're doing this with a group of friends um, that you're drinking thoughtfully and for the most part like just people tend to to be very self-regulatory about these things so i would say that hasn't been a problem but once you're um, done drinking you'll place the coaster on top of your glass and that signifies that you are done for the night 
Um, and he'll bring that up um, to um, uh, to check out and we'll just add up all the hash marks. Then you're on your merry way and you can keep your coaster as a, a document of the night. Um, usually when we explain this to people and I, I this past uh, cold night, I was, I was next to the host stand and more than one person, as we were done explaining, it would be like, Oh, it's like Brazilian or Brazilian steakhouse style service. Yeah. And we're like, <laughs> yeah. 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 That's exactly what it is. It's you put like your little red, the yeah, little, yeah, the red thing, up. green thing yeah. or the red, yeah. Basta is go. And yeah, or it's Basta style. Oh, I was just in Brazil and I don't remember. Oh, don't tell anyone. Um, what is your, the ABV of your Kolsch? Uh, it's 4.2. Okay. Oh, so yeah. That's... And we're only serving it in 200 milliliters. So you're doing um, it in the traditional glass. Yeah. Size. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I would say most people do maybe three or four, which mm -hmm. is, you know, about a liter of beer over the course of a, of a night. So. Right. And Very you civilized. Had, you, yeah. And you had special, like you had new designs for Kolschnite. You had some really nice looking glassware mm. I saw online. Mm -hmm. Were those specific so we have, for Kohlschneider? Yes. Yeah, so that one was, we did a partnership with the Bruce, Chicago Bruseum, which is a nonprofit um, that dedicates itself to um, exploring the history and culture and the intersection of beer and history um, and its culture. Um, and they are looking to uh, one day have a permanent space, but right now um, they do what is called the Beer Culture Summit. Um, every fall um, in the city and it's uh, just a wonderful three-day event that uh, you know covers everything from uh, to the 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 tide houses that used to exist in Chicago to um, tavern culture to um, to the to the to the black brewers that are currently brewing in the city of Chicago and being inspired by um, one of our um, black neighborhoods of Bronzeville and creating a beer around that. And then um, Dovetail Kolsch Night uh, was a part of that. So it was a part of um, you know showcasing um, a piece of beer culture. Um, that you might not necessarily um, come across very often. Cool. So, uh, so I guess cool. going back yeah. to that, it was, I should say, so the Stanga was designed specifically for that event. And we did one for when we brewed our 100th batch of, um, <clears throat> of Kolsch. Uh, that was kind of a big deal to us. So we did a 100th batch uh, release party. Um, and then the, the, the basic design right now is kind of a riff um, on the coat of arms um, that you'll find um, in Cone. Cool. When will the next one be so Don and I can come down? Yes, it's a direct uh, flight for me. My... <laughs> Very easy to get there. Uh, yeah, yeah um, ideally we would like to do three a year. So one in the spring, one in the summer, and then one in the fall before it gets too, uh, too cold. So awesome. cool. yeah, it's really cool. I yeah, I'm just I love different beer cultures. I think especially like all over the world, there's so many different ways for service, so many different ways to serve beer. And Cologne um, and its neighboring Dusseldorf for, for alt beer uh, has a really unique service, and I just think that's really cool that you guys are bringing it to Chicago and to America and in a really 
authentic and unique, nice way. I'm very yeah. like I'm very pleased um, about that. But that makes yeah. sense given Dovetail. You guys are, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan. So. <laughs> Thank you. I, I do have um, one kind of brewing question, and and you know our our other guest on this episode talked more about the brewing. But since we have uh, you on the on the show, JP and and Dovetail does something unique in terms of having a cool ship, and mm. so I wanted to if you could just explain because I think a lot of people think of cool ship automatically think of um, spontaneously fermented, sure. uh, which is not the way you use your cool ship. And so I was wondering if you could explain what's unique about how you use your cool ship and what you think that does to make your beer particularly mm. special. Um, so we do um, use our cool ship in two ways. I call our cool ship a dual ship. So we use our cool ship in um, what you mentioned, the, the Belgian or the Sunna Valley uh, tradition. We do do spontaneously fermented beers um, here at Dovetail, but we also use it in um, the Franconian and Czech tradition. Um, so it's kind of a, of a, a thing that's being seen less and less um, in Czechia and in Franconia, but each brewery um, used to have a cool ship and it was exactly uh, used as, as what it like sounds like it was for. It was for cooling wort. So each one of our beers uh, does go through the cool ship, whether or not it's one of our spontaneously fermented beers or our Kolsch or Hellas or Vienna, um, our Saison, you name it. Um, it all goes through the cool ship, um, partly because we don't have a whirlpool here. Um, so that um, kind of substitutes uh, the, the part of the whirlpool process. Um, when we do send the wort up to the cool ship um, after the boil, um, what happens there is, uh, you know, the trub settles to the bottom. Um, and then um, it blows off a precursor for DMS. So those are a couple of uh, things or benefits to cool shipping. Um, mm. But also there's just like kind of a certain uh, je ne sais quoi about a cool ship beer, about a cool ship uh, ale or lager that's not spontaneously fermented um, that we just enjoy. <laughs> um, so How the, long, yeah, those yeah. How long does it stay in the cool mm. ship before you put it in the fermenter? Sure. Um, so it's only in the cool ship um, for about an hour. So okay. going from the boil kettle um, up into the cool ship takes about a half hour. Mm -hmm. um, and it's still near boiling, right? So, um, yeah, so it's just acting as your whirlpool. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm. And then um, we'll send it down to our uh, fermentation cellar to uh, be pitched, uh, to, to go into the fermenter and be pitched and whatnot. Um, once it hits 75 degrees Celsius. So we feel like that gives it enough time um, to still be uh, somewhat uh, safe um, um, in the cool ship and make it down to through the heat exchanger and get cooled to, you know, if we're doing a lager, we're, we're pulling it down to like, uh, nine Celsius. Um, so it's a very short time in the cool ship. Um, and the temperature stays such, like I said, 75 degrees Celsius, where it's still um, uh, protected. Uh, and it won't, it shouldn't get spoilage um, right. at that point in the process. Have cool. you ever had problems with spoilage? Mm, not from the cool ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Awesome. I love it. 
uh, and do you still, I mean, maybe I'm getting too geeky here, but, but uh, I, I would imagine that all that air exposure helps with yeast growth too. Do you also mm. still oxygenate the wort when you put we it do. in the ferment? Yeah, okay. we do. Mm-hmm. We do oxygenate the, the wort on its first turn. Yep. Awesome. Cool. So cool. I well, just love it, it. Yeah. Yeah. Don's Don's a big Don's our ner- our resident what? nerd here at the All About Beer <laughs> podcast. So well, and I um, you know, I mean I there's 10,000 breweries in America. And so maybe there is another one that does what what you do, uh JP, but to my mm. but I think Dovetail is the only one that uses a cool ship in this fashion for right. You know, so I, I do, think, I do awesome. think there's more, I think there are more breweries that are looking into using their cool ships in this kind of Franconian Czech way um, as well. Um, but I don't, I think, what is it out of the East Coast? It's like OEC, is that? Oh, oh yeah, they're in Connecticut, OEC. They yeah, have a cool okay. ship and they do a lager, like lager cool ship, but I don't yeah. know in what capacity, um, and like I, I, they are yeah. staying in, but they use their cool ship for a lot of different things. So yeah, because I noticed like they call their their Chuck Dark Lager like I think it's like a cool ship Chuck Dark Lager or a cool ship Hellas or a cool ship. So they have some crazy. Yeah, they've got some really crazy. They have like square fermenters and weird. Mm. Yeah, they've got they. Yeah, it's a real. That's a nerdy place. So I have um, to go there too. Yeah, um, <laughs> but they're also a. Um, they're owned by a in importer so you can get uh they're uh, owned by be united and you can get flat uh fresh schlankerla draft oh. there and that's what i drink when i go there because <laughs> i'm like oh schlankerla meriton yes please in a pint yes please yeah. um so so yeah i don't know i think maybe like just inferring by what they say on their their labels mm-hmm. they might be using it in that in that way um but i don't i'm not sure we're not mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, there's probably less than a handful of breweries who might be doing, um, who might be cool shipping their lagers in this, in this way, yeah. or they're, they're not so, spontaneously fermented beer, I should say. So right. cool. Very cool stuff. So, yeah, I love it. And I, yeah. I, you know, I am very, very firmly of the belief that, um, great beer comes from doing a whole bunch of things that make very little difference. It's the calm, it's the <laughs> accumulation of, you know, using a cool ship and you know, all these little things that I think makes beer amazing. So thank you for doing that. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you for being on our podcast and please let us know uh, when your next Kolsch night is. And Don and I will try to get out there because I'm, I, I'm, I don't need an excuse to visit Chicago because it's one of my favorite places on earth. Um, but I would love to align it to visit Kolsch night. Oh, that would be amazing to host you guys. Um, and thanks for letting me talk about cold tonight. I hope uh, it wasn't too rambly. <laughs> no, no, I love. I, lo- I, I let's. I want to ramble about cold forever. Um, but uh, I'm, yeah. But uh, it's time to go. So um, right. anyway, thank you so much for. Uh, thanks you so much for coming on. Thank you. JP. All right. Thanks everyone. Yeah. Have a great, uh, great weekend. Cool. Yes, you as well. Yes. Cheers. Right. Bye. See ya, Don. I want a Kolsch. <laughs> I always want a course, but yes, especially now. That's true. It was so fascinating learning about how the thing about Kolsch is you're like you said at the beginning of the show, it's there's a magic to it and it's simple tweaks. You think that, you know, four simple ingredients, the water, yeah. the hops, yeast, malt, you know, you really have nothing to hide. And so when a brewer can really showcase 
um, their brewing talents and win a gold medal, it shows that they're a great brewery and one to watch out for. So it yeah. made me really appreciate the style even more. And I didn't even know I could do that. <laughs> and, and and it's, I just thought of this, it's Ryan Heights Kabat at, at its finest, really. Like Absolutely. It, it simplicity and... Um, yeah, I think that there's a temptation, I think, for artists, and I, and I do consider uh, brewers to be artists, but I think very often there's a temptation for artists to um, try too hard to prove that their effort is worth it. And um, from what, what we learned from our guests is that um, Kolsch is, is about not trying too hard. It's about celebrating the simplicity uh, and just good practices. And drinking beer with friends and drinking being... Beer, yes. So, you know, enjoying the service of it too, because it is very unique. Yes, I um, agree. There are a lot of beer styles that have unique cultures and traditions and drinking, but I really enjoy Kolsch, I think, the most of all. You know, it's all about spending time with people, meeting people, hanging out with people, drinking tiny beers, tiny cold <laughs> beers, brought to you on a tray. I mean, what's more to love? <laughs> yeah, and, and, uh, and there's no choice. Like when you, you know, um, it's not like you sit at a, uh, uh, a bar in Cologne and there's 20 taps to choose from, you know, so it's just, it's not about ticking beers, even though of course it's ticking on the, on the, coaster, the, uh, sure, on the coaster, but it's about uh, um, uh, celebrating good company and, and, and having beer as an accompaniment to your evening, as opposed to the, the purpose of the evening. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. I, I love, love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> So visit allaboutbeer.com and follow us on social media, media at allaboutbeer. And please visit patreon.com slash allaboutbeer to support this show and others like it. And if you have any questions for us or suggestions, uh, please drop us an email, podcast at allaboutbeer.com. Um, that's email for everything. So what are we talking about next week? Or have we thought about it yet? Craft uh, malt. Oh, we're talking about craft malt. Yeah, yes. that's going to be wonderful. I'm really looking forward to learning about malt doesn't get talked about a lot, you know, no. it's, but it's so important. Unbelievable. It's the soul of the beer. So great I'm food comes from great ingredients. So absolutely. Yeah, so I really look forward to that. And I look forward to talking with uh, you next time and talking to our great guests. And yeah, wonderful. In the meantime, M, where can people reach you? Ah, Yes. Uh, I am at www.pintsandpanels.com and at Pints and Panels across all social media. And what about you, Don? Uh, on all social media, I'm at The Dawn of Beer and my website is thedawnofbeer.com. Wonderful. This show is produced by All About Beer. Visit allaboutbeer.com for articles, notes on this show and others, and to connect via the website and social media. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.